0: Today's message is called the ripple effect. And in case some of you are not aware what the ripple effect means, it's that what you can see up there when you throw a little stone or pebble in water, I'm sure most of you have seen that it makes little rings and those rings, they ripple out. And so when we talk about the ripple effect, what we're talking about is the power, never underestimate the power of a single prayer. It's like a stone you drop in the water and its effect over time and space affects many things, not only your life, but the lives around you. We're talking about the power, the ripple effect of one person who lives a lifestyle of prayer and how that person can affect those around you, not only right now, but in future generations. So I'm going to start by taking you back in time into the Old Testament, where we're going to look at a story of the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. Now, those of you who were around on the very first week when we started by our first message that was called Draw the Circle, I mentioned to you about the importance of writing down, of journaling what you pray for writing your prayer requests down, because when God answers, you can go back and you can see, wow, God is amazing. And now we're coming full circle. We're in the last week of our 40-day prayer challenge, and I want to bring you back to that thought again. The importance of documenting, of writing down, of building memorandums, memorials, Um, signs that remind us of God's power and his, um, his amazing faithfulness in our lives. So the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, after being in captivity for many years, you can imagine the ecstasy, the excitement, the jubilation. They were finally free and they're walking out of Egypt into the desert and Moses is leading them. Wow, what an amazing moment. But the first thing that they meet is the Red Sea. And the king of the Pharaoh of Egypt, who had said that the Israelites could leave, he woke up the next morning and he thought, what a crazy thing. How come I let them go? So he got his whole army mobilized. They got their chariots and their horses and they started to chase after the Egyptian, after the Israelites. And now here you have Moses who's leading the Israelites out and there's that Um, sense of jubilation and excitement but then they see the dust in the distance of the chariots that are coming and there's the red sea in front of them and there's nowhere to go they're stuck can you imagine the panic that some of them were getting going through now panic and fear thinking that this is the end but God came through for them in an amazing way he parted the red sea And the Israelites walked through on dry ground. And the other amazing miracle when they got out on the other end was that when the Egyptian army followed them into the Red Sea, the water went back into its place and the whole army, the chariots, the horses, everyone drowned in the Red Sea. And the Bible says that the fear of the Israelites was spread far and wide because people heard of this story and they heard it. When they heard it, they thought, wow. They have an amazing God who can do amazing things. Well, the journey from the Red Sea to the Promised Land, if you walked a direct route, you could actually do it in 11 days. But the the Israelites circled around in the desert for 40 years. The Bible said that they did that because of rebellion and unbelief. Well, after these forty years, we come to the beginning of the book of Joshua. Moses has just died. And God says to Joshua, Joshua, Moses has died. It's time for you to rise up. You're gonna lead this people now, and you're gonna get take them across into the promised land. Do not be afraid, be courageous. And he was faced with the very same situation as Moses and the Israelites were. Now they were in front of the Jordan River, another big river. And it was during the harvest time, which means that the banks of the river was overflowing. So it was not a small river. It was flood time. The river was flooding. And God said to Joshua, I'm going to part the Jordan River. And you're going to cross on dry ground, just as I did for Moses. And the people will see that I'm with you. So God demonstrated to Joshua and to the people that I am still with you. I'm still the same God who does great miracles. And when they walked through on dry ground for the second time, these people were experiencing this miracle. Although it was their forefathers who experienced it. Joshua told the people... One guy, he specified one leader from each of the 12 tribes of Israel to pick a big stone from the bottom of the river where they passed through and carry this big boulder with them up on dry ground. And when all the Israelites had passed through the Jordan River, they went and camped at a place called Gilgal. And then they took these 12 big stones and they built a memorial. And I just want us to read. Yeah, here we have the stones. They collected stones. Now, this is probably not the way it looked like, but I'm just giving you an imaginary picture of boulders and stones that are stacked high. Now, let's look at the scripture here in Joshua chapter 4. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future, your children will ask What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so that the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful And so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. So here God is teaching the Israelites through Joshua to build memorials. To build those things that remind you of God's faithfulness and his goodness in your life. And so you can show it to your children. When your children ask you, Daddy, what's this? Then you can tell your child, this was when God came through for us and answered prayer and did this and that in our lives. So one of the good ways that you can keep those memories is to write them down in your journals. But there's other ways that you can keep and make these memorials in your life as well. One that comes to mind for me is um, how God, after the flood with Noah... God gave the rainbow in the sky and he said, this rainbow is going to be a sign to you and to the generations to come that when you see this rainbow, you will remember my promise to you that I'm never going to flood the earth again because I love you. And that was more than 4,000 years ago, and God's sign still shows up in the heavens now and again. And it's God's sign to himself, but it's also a sign to you. When you see the rainbow in the sky, remember, God loves me. God has redeemed me. He is not out to kill me. He's out to save me. Amen? That's a good memorial or memorandum, right? Other memories that I've, the ways that I've remembered is sometimes God has spoken something really powerful to me or or something dramatic, answer to prayer. God's come through in a way that's really turned the course of my life. Sometimes I've written songs and those songs stay with me and I can sing them to my kids and remind them when they grow up a bit more, when Ethan is a bit older, that mommy wrote this song when God did this and this for me. And showed his faithfulness and answered prayer in my life. Amen. Maybe you're a good artist. And if you are, it'd be a good idea to draw a drawing. Do a painting when God comes through for you. And when your kids ask you one day, what is that painting, daddy? You can explain to them. And that way pass on the fear of God to your children. The belief that God is a God who answers fair prayer, and who is faithful. I found one of my prayer journals that I was recording in. This is almost 30 years old. Can you believe it? It's older than many of you here today. And I found one statement that I wrote in there when I was 18 years old. It says, it says there today, this certain guy, I won't mention his name, proposed marriage to me and I said no it's right here in my diary when I was 18 years old now the reason I said no to him wasn't because he wasn't a good guy but it was because in that period of my life when I was 18 19 20 21 was a period in my life where I was really seeking God for what do you want to do with my life where am I supposed to go And when he proposed to me, I just had a real strong sense in my heart that if I marry this guy, I won't accomplish what God has called me to do. And the call of God was so strong on my heart, it meant more to me than getting married. Well, I know that there are many of you here who are circling the circle of a marriage partner. And it's a huge prayer. I circled it for many years in my life. 20 years later from the day when I said no, probably not to the exact day, but 20 years later was when I said yes and I married Dale. But those 20 years was a long time to circle a prayer. And there were some times in my life where I circled it with faith in my heart and I was believing God to come through and other times when I thought, I don't think God hears prayer. Everyone else is getting married around me, and I'm not. But God is faithful. And I want you to know, I'm going to share with you today, what one of my momentums, my memorials is, that reminds me of God's faithfulness in meeting Dale. During those 20 years, I had a friend who came to me one day, and she said, I was praying for you. And God gave me a dream where I saw you getting married and I was really fascinated. I was asking her, what did he look like? What was he wearing? All these kind of things. And she answered a lot of things, but two things that stood out really strong to me were number one, he wears a size 41, 42 shoe, (laughs) which is the same size that I wear. And at that time I was in a relationship with a guy who had a size 44. So it didn't quite compute. And I was like, God, did you make a mistake or what's going on here? But the other thing she said, which was very interesting, she said, the guy you're going to marry has got a lot of caps. That was a weird one. A lot of caps? Really? But when I met Dale, you'll understand just now. Dale's caps are one of my memorials of God's faithfulness in my life. Because Dale races motocross, every time he wins, and he does that often, many times the prize is a cap. And so when I met him at one time, I counted his caps. He had around a 100 caps. How many guys have a 100 caps? It was one of the confirmations from God in my life. That God is faithful and he answers prayer. So guys, I know a lot of you are circling this one. The right marriage partner. Not just anybody, but the right one. God has got him for you. It might take longer than you want it to, but God is working things out. And in his time, he makes all things beautiful. So be encouraged this morning and continue to build memorials in your life as reminders of God's goodness and faithfulness in your life. Amen. Now, I'm going to invite Hannah, who is going to take over from me and share a little bit about the ripple effect this morning.
1: Hallelujah. What a wonderful testimony. Um, Talking about the ripple effect, I am focusing on praying into the future. Focusing on the family. What we've just seen there is a testimony by the Kendrick brothers. I don't know how many of us have watched War Room, Courageous, Fireproof. Yes, those are movies that have been produced by the Kendrick brothers. But their mother has been praying for them for a long time. Um, War Room talks about how God answers prayer. And one of the characters in the movie is inspired by their mother. How God answers. Answers prayer. Now, Mrs. K, we heard that she spent most of our life planting seeds in the hope that something beautiful will grow. And that she did not only cultivate her physical garden, but she did that with her spiritual garden, her spiritual life, spending time cultivating her prayer life and her relationship with God. And the whole reason for this testimony or this video is for us to understand that God answers prayer. He hears prayer and he answers prayer. Now, prayer is an investment. It is both a short-term investment and also a long-term investment. Our prayers are like seeds that we plant. From some we receive a reward almost immediately, like the golf cart which she received in a week after she prayed. But some prayers will take a little bit longer. We just heard that she had to pray twenty years for where she is now with Dale, and 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 there are many other prayers that we have prayed, and we thought it's just not happening anymore. The prayer that she prayed over her children it is for a long time. One of the scriptures that she mentioned, if you watch the whole the whole video, is Isaiah fifty four verse thirteen. It says, "All your children shall be taught by the Lord." And great shall be the peace of your children. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Mrs. K took this as a promise. And she held on to it. And she prayed it over the years. And this is what we have. This is what we see with her children. We must never grow weary of planting seeds. And of investing in prayer. We must never grow weary. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6 says, In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper. Either this or that, or both alike will be good. So don't say, I prayed pray and I'm just done. Plant in the morning, plant in the evening, and continue the following day and on and on until you see the reward. God is a righteous judge. Jesus tells us that men ought to pray and not grow weary. He says, will he not vindicate his own who cry out to him day and night? Surely he will judge in their favor and he is coming quickly. Our prayers bear fruit forever. I don't know how many of us are following the Facebook page and the posts that have been posted there during these 40-day periods. The Wednesday court we had, we have it there. It says, each prayer is like a seed that gets planted in the ground. It disappears for a season, but eventually bears fruit that blesses future generations. In fact, our prayers bear fruit forever. We have some that we see rewards almost immediately. Some after a long time, some span over into eternity. Jesus is an example. We as a church are living a prayer that was prayed thousands of years ago before Jesus went on to the cross. He prayed for us. And he said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but even for those that will believe in me through their word. He prayed for our sanctification. He prayed for our unity. He prayed that one day we should be united with him and that we'll behold his glory. And we're yet to reap that one. Our forefathers in Africa, it's, it's rare that you hear that your know, forefathers were praying, praying. <laughs> I don't know about yours, but dad used to tell a story of a funny uncle who used to do strange things. But we have the invitation. It is for us to change that, to become a generation that calls upon the name of God and teach our children to do that and have it spun over into generations to come. <laughs> That will become a Jacob generation, a generation that seeks the face of God. God wants us to pray. Husbands and wives praying for each other, praying for your children. And those of you who are believing God for spouses, you can't say, I'm just going to wait until whenever you start planting the seeds now. The question is, will you be the one that will throw the stone upon the water and produce that ripple effect that will span over into generations to come after you? Will you be the one to plant the seed? That people coming after you will reap from. I'm going to invite Pastor Sylvester to continue.
2: That was so wonderful. <laughs> so wonderful and so really nice about the, the ripple effect of prayer. Uh, how many of us just realized that it's really good to pray always? It's so wonderful to pray. And uh, during our 40 days of prayer challenge, we have been drawing circles. And then also, we have been dreaming big. You know, we've drawn circles. We have been positioning ourselves. We're positioning ourselves. We have been dreaming big. We have been praying hard. We have been thinking long. And we're looking at the ripple effect of all these things, the ripple effect of prayer, of drawing circles, and doing those things. And I want us today to just apply this and just stand together and pray. As we come to, to the end of this uh, series of teaching, and we've heard from Lena how years back her prayer have brought her to where she is. And here is a monument here, and I'm benefiting from that monument and also, we've heard from Hannah, from Anna about the future. How prayer, uh, affects the future generations and how we plant in that. And there was a man. I want us to look before we pray and circle on this and just, and drop that stone on that, and that's um, water and see the ripple effect. I want us to be reminded. You may think like, maybe prayer is for the righteous. Maybe prayer is for people who are very churchy, right? You may think like, "Not me. I can't. How? What can I pray? How can I pray? I don't even know how to put many words in prayer." And maybe I'm not so close or to God, or maybe, and maybe it's for pastors. I, I want us. I want to take you to to the Bible. And before we get there, there was this man. He was not a Christian like we are today, and in those times. He was not a Jew. And if you are not a Jew, you know, the Jews had two two things that we are not sanctified. (laughs) They had some animals which were called like cursed animals. You don't eat. If you eat those animals, then you are far away from God. So they never even touched those animals because they were dirty. And not only animals were dirty. They also had a group of people. That we are also that, that they believed God cannot answer their prayer. God cannot have a relationship with those people. They believe that those people were not regarded by God in the same way that God casted his eyes on the Jews, the Samaritans, the, the, the Jews like the Pharisees and those devoted Jews and every Jew. Okay, so now um, so. The Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, were looked at as not sanctified or not holy. Just like they had food that were not holy. And here is a controversy on how God honors prayer. Let us read from uh, Acts chapter 10 and verse 1 to verse 4. You can finish it in your own time. It's a long story. It's a beautiful story. But on this context, the Bible says, at Caesarea... There was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in which in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, that's about 15 hours, he had a vision. Mm-hmm. And, and what was the vision? The Bible says that, um, he distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have, have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now, Lena was talking about the memorial. That the Israelites had camped at the river Jordan River just after they 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 crossed over. Here is a man whose prayer devotion to God built a spiritual memorial. Mm-hmm. The ripple effect of prayer. It was offered to the Lord as his lifestyle, but in 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 turn, it made a memorial to the Lord. God received these prayers and made a memorial i imagine it's like god he, the the prayer that Cornelius offered every day god received them and god so much enjoyed receiving his prayer and it kept on building and building a memorial before the lord and therefore god could not help it if you go down further the bible says that god sent the angel to two people he sent the angel to Cornelius the angel who came to confirm that God honored his prayer. And also God sent the other angel to Peter. To go and tell him that there is somebody who needs to receive Jesus. There is somebody who needs to be baptized. There is somebody who is a great uh, a great key to something great that is about to come up. Now you have to understand one thing. Cornelius was not a Jewish man. He was not a Jew. He had not received the gospel. The gospel had not even gone all the way to Caesarea. And the gospel had not gone to the Gentiles. The, the gospel by then was only with the Jewish people. Because remember, Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem, pray here, because that's why he sent. And when the Spirit of God comes, then you'll be able to go all over. By this time, they were still circling Jerusalem. They were still circling Jerusalem. And God came to them and said, you're circling Jerusalem as a, as a ripple effect. There are those that are opening up in the Gentiles. If you go in about chapter 2 and chapter 3, chapter 4, you hear these guys praying and God saying, separate for me, Paul and Barnabas. You know, you, 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 you see these guys investing time in prayer, praying for missions, praying for souls, praying for, but God had already done Things in the gentile, in the nations where they had not been to, and then there was this man who was not. The Bible says he was God-fearing. No one had preached to him yet, but this man had had a lifestyle that is characterized by two things. The Bible says that he was generous; he gave to the poor, and also he had a lifestyle of prayer. The man was devoted to prayer. And I want to believe. Uh, I just want to. I, I wonder how he prayed to God. But however he did it, God honored his prayer because he had not yet received teaching on prayer. He was a gentile. He was a Roman, a centurion, a chief guard to the Italian regiment. You know, and he was just there working in his secular environment and yet he believed that there is a god in heaven who honors prayer there is a god in heaven when i talk to this god he's able to come he's able to answer is he hears prayers and he answers prayer this god he he loves to receive the sweet smelling aroma of prayer that is offered from the people that love him from the bottom of their heart and cornelius prayed to the lord and god kept on receiving prayers We don't know what Cornelius prayed about. The Bible doesn't say what, what were his prayer points. But the point is that God answered his prayer. You may have, uh, you may say that I cannot pray because where I work from, People do not pray. It's not a group that prays. And But here's a Cornelius. I want to believe before he made his soldiers to march on, he went and knelt somewhere, kneeled somewhere and he prayed to God. He prayed always. The Bible says he prayed regularly. And what was the, the ripple effect of his prayer? The Bible says when Peter came to Cornelius, Cornelius and everyone in his house received Jesus. They were prayed for. If you read verse 5 going down. They were prayed for and they received Jesus. And when they did that, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came on them. Before anyone laid their hands on them when they received Christ, the Holy Spirit came on them. And that was the beginning of the doors opening for the Gentile nations. From Cornelius all the way, even you and me who are not Jews, we are Christian because one man prayed. That is a, that's a ripple effect of prayer. Cornelius prayed to the Lord and the doors to the Gentile nations opened and over time and generation, the thousands of years, here we are today praying because the Gentiles were brought into the sake of the Jews and we are all belonging to one God, one father of them all. If you stand today and you pray, It's as if you are planting a seed today like Anna mentioned. And that seed tomorrow, the ripple effect of the seed will become a tree. And that tree will bear fruit. And that fruit will become a shelter to the birds. It will become also food to the birds. They will come and put their nest there. And they will have their fruits there. And you will die today. But the future generation will come and eat from that tree. You know, it will live on. Prayers don't die. God respects and value our prayer. When we pray in faith, Jesus says, when you pray about over anything, it shall be granted to you in God's own time. God wants us to pray. He wants us to pray for big things. He also wants us to pray for small things. He wants us to pray for the impossibles. He wants us to pray for nations. He wants us to pray for families. He wants us to pray for future. He wants us to pray for everything. He says, come to me. Ask me of anything. I will show you and answer you things that you never even imagined. Do you want to pray for your dream? Do you want to pray for your future? Just stand on your ground and pray. Because God honors prayer. God answers prayer and honors both prayers. When you pray to God with faith in your heart, God loves to hear you and I praying. And what will happen is so great. It's so imaginable. I don't, I don't know if Cornelius knew what will happen as a result of him praying. But you know, because he prayed to the Lord, the doors to the Gentile nations opened. The, jo- the doors at Joppa opened. The angels were even coming to Peter and said, there are people praying in that nation. Go and preach the gospel. Even more doors are opening to Paul. They say, go on to Asia Mine and preach the gospel. Because one man prayed to God and God answered his prayer. I want us today to put this in an action and pray. I want us to pray. I want us today, what is it that you are circling? Is it on your dream? Is it concerning your life? Is it concerning your future, your family, your career, your vocation? Is it health? What is it that you are doing? What is it that you are circling? I want us to pray today because God honors prayer.